Welcome back to another episode of the Stocks to Blocks podcast, a stocks and blockchain podcast from Investified that turns you from a confused to confident investor. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned pro, join us as we demystify stocks and cryptocurrencies one episode at a time. And whilst we are licensed, we don't know your individual circumstances, so everything in this episode is for education and entertainment purposes only. And let's get stuck into it. And I'm joined by, it's just Zach tonight, no Richard. Yeah, just uh, you and me, mate. The late night session. Yeah, we do. Burning the midnight oil tonight, eh? Great, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to get it done, don't you? Sometimes you got to find these obscure hours to, to fit it in. So, yeah. Busy men. What are we talking about today? Look, we are going to be going into a Coinbase report that was actually released uh, yeah, a few days ago. And essentially, this was done by their institutional research uh arm of the business and essentially looking at a, a quarterly report in the crypto market. So looking at the last three months and having a look at a, a various number of fundamental and technical uh, indicators just to see how things are progressing. And so, yeah, they sort of carry out uh, some research over uh, 10 charts in particular. Um, but today we're going to pick out a few of our favorite, probably probably five or six and uh, yeah, we'll go into those and break them down for you. But let's let's start off by looking at one of the first charts. Now, if you are listening to this via audio, you won't be able to see the charts that we are looking at, but we will have the link in the bio so you can actually go back and, and have a look at- In the show notes. In the show notes, good one. Um, so you will be able to go back and, and actually uh, have a visual representation and understanding of what we are talking about, but we will still try and, and, and break that down so you can- you can visualize it anyway. Play along at home. <laughs> Play along at home, yeah. Play along in the car, wherever you're listening to no, us. don't do that. That's dangerous. Yeah, try not to yeah, use too much of your imagination here. <laughs> um, but you look, one, one of the first charts they do break down is having a look at the – it's a fundamental analysis of looking at the total value locked versus the total supply growth. Now, when we're looking at analyzing crypto – we don't, we don't have the same sort of metrics and financials as what you would when you're analyzing a company. And so one of the ways that we are able to derive fundamental value of a, of, of a blockchain or you know, a certain crypto is being able to look at what is called the on-chain activity. So this is where you're able to, as it kind of says, uh, look at the activity that's happening on, on the blockchain. So you're able to track things like transactions, you know, value, active addresses, a range of different things to be able to determine how healthy the environment of a certain blockchain is. And so this first chart, yeah, looks at the total value locked, as I said before, versus the total supply growth. Now, uh, just uh, sort of pointing out a couple of key projects here and how they've been uh, progressing over the last three months so you can sort of understand a bit about their growth. So uh, yeah, a couple of highlights uh, from Solana and Polkadot actually. Uh, so these guys have actually had one of the highest levels of uh, total value locked um, comparatively to all, all the other major blockchains. Now total vo- value locked, what that means is the amount of value that is locked within its ecosystem. So, um, you know, Solana and Polkadot, they both have their own ecosystem. So they have different projects that are built on top of their blockchains. And so 
if there's more money flowing into that blockchain, that mean, that essentially gives it a higher level of uh, TVL or total value locked. So we can see that over the last three months, those two ecosystems in particular have been growing quite quickly. Um, we can also see that uh, what, what is interesting to note as well is that they do have some of the highest levels of inflation with their coins as well. And what does that mean? So that means the amount of new coins that are being input into the circulation have increased also more than any other uh, major blockchain as well. Gotcha. So you've got more value coming in, but you've also got more coins that are being unlocked as well. So that could have also been due to because some of these uh, blockchains have unlocking periods. So every six months or 12 months, usually periodically, they have these unlocks that happen. So this is where they're, you know, releasing coins into the circulation. Maybe it's paying, you know, team members, they're getting part of their founding, um, you know, token allocation or various investors getting their tokens allocated. So sometimes there can be, you know, these uh, flurries of coins that are input into the circulation. So that could have happened, which is why those those uh, tokens in particular experience quite a high inflation. That's the same as like the Fed printing money. It's just like Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, essentially. So I can if if the value if the demand isn't there um when there is this increase in supply, then you often get a you know a price that pulls back. So yeah, these are all these are all things you're looking at before you're making an investment. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had something like uh ARB and, and AVAX that have experienced, you know, they've sort of come back a little bit with a total value locked. Um, go into that a little bit more later um yeah they pulled back um just over the last three months a little bit but yeah that's probably all we need to uh derive from that graph uh so one of the next charts that we're, we're looking at here it's another fundamental signal um you know this is once again looking at the, the financial metrics uh, as you will um of of a blockchain what we're able to what we're looking at here is the the fees or the revenues versus active addresses. So when we're looking at how how blockchain pulls in revenue, right? They don't have there's not a heap of fancy ways to be able to generate revenue. Like Netflix has its subscriptions, you know, Apple has its phones and its watches and things like that. So that's all the different ways of being able to pull in revenue. Now for a blockchain, the main way that they're able to generate revenue is through its fees. Okay, so transaction fees. Now every blockchain uh, has different tr- levels of transaction fees. So, you know, Ethereum has, you know, quite high gas fees. You have Bitcoin quite high. Uh, but then you've got coins like, you know, um, Solana, Litecoin, they, you know, they, their fees are, are a lot less. So um, what we're looking at here is not necessarily the amount of money coming in, but more the increase in activity is, is one of the biggest things we're looking at. So, um one of the high the highlights from this chart is really seeing that um, you know uh, layer twos. So these are blockchains that are built on top of Ethereum to help it scale. Um, they've they've definitely been the most active. So that's where a lot of the the fees are coming in. Um, a lot of a lot more active addresses are picking up on layer twos. Um, but yeah, that was uh, probably the most interesting thing to grab from that. Uh, look, kind of goes into the the next chart, if I'm going to keep going uh, around layer two. So we can actually see here that there's been an upward trajectory throughout 2023. So we're looking at, when we're talking about layer twos, we're talking about Matic, we're talking about um, Base, which is actually Coinbase's new layer two, which is a very exciting ecosystem being built. Um, you know, there's a few other layer twos as well, but what we can see is over the last 
well, three months is what we're talking about here, but yeah, for, for a long time, they've actually been on the rise. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the amount of gas fees coming through from layer twos is, is also been up. So yeah, um, base, the, the new Coinbase's new layer two blockchain has already acquired 9% of the layer two market. So it's, wow. it's actually growing quite quickly. Um, Where does that sit in comparison to the other major players? Well, you got like uh, Arb, like Arbitrum, which is the becoming one of the more dominant ones, especially mm-hmm. over the last few months because they've had like the, the a big airdrop um, farming, a lot of airdrop farming incentives. Mm-hmm. So that's that's been probably the most popular one. But Matic is is probably the, the biggest one um, there. So yeah, I mean, Base has got nine percent of the market share. Quite though, high. So. Yeah, it's quite shit, quite high for a. For uh, just kicking quite shit. Yeah, it's just <laughs> pretty shit out. So. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, it should be doing better. Only nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pick it up, Coinbase. Brian, if you're listening. Yeah, yeah. the show. Yeah. <laughs> he's, I think he's, he's listening. He's, he li- he's one of my most active listeners, yeah, I'm pretty sure. He wouldn't, yeah, he, he, he would have been reading this report and said, oh, I don't quite get it. I yeah. listen to Stocks to Blocks yeah. so they can explain Break it, it down for me. Yeah. yeah. Gets a lot of his investment advice from us as well. Yeah. Absolutely, very active on the community. Do you want to um, do you want to go into the um, the correlation? I will. So the next chart is the correlation mm. matrix. So this looks at the correlation between Bitcoin and uh, other macroeconomic factors based on the daily changes over a ninety day window. So I don't know if you remember Zach when you're at school doing the correlation coefficient. You're looking at me blindly, so maybe you don't. General maths, mate. <laughs> Top of general mass. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, whatever. Um, so <laughs> nah, it's basically a statistical measure to measure the strength of a linear relationship between two variables. And it goes from negative one yep. all the way to one. So if something's negative one, it means there's a strong negative relationship between the two yep. variables. So Correct. one goes up, one goes down. If it's positive one, it means that there's a strong positive relationship. So mm-hmm. they both may go up together. And if it's zero, it means that there's no relationship between the two variables. Kind of like our vibe right now. Yeah, Zero. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're probably negative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in this report, we can see that Bitcoin remains relatively uncorrelated to the daily changes in most of the macroeconomic factors based on this 90-day window that the report suggests, with correlations sitting around this negative 0.2 to positive 0.2 in all of its comparisons. There's nothing really that stands out there. I'm looking at the charts now that looks like there's a, a strong or a negative, um, sorry, a strong relationship either way. It's interesting, isn't it? Like even, even with gold to see that there's not much of a correlation yeah. there. Because like, we, we often talk about these scarce assets and like how, how they, they share a lot of this similar properties, yet they're behaving in a, you know, a pretty irregular way to, in comparison to each other. I was expecting that to be a, a high negative number. Mm, yeah, yeah. So I was expecting it to be, you know, negative point, point six maybe, yeah. zero six. It almost shows there's absolutely zero relationship None. between them. Yeah. Um, and even if you look at the S&P 500, despite Bitcoin's relationship with the US stocks showing some recoupling or signs of recoupling back in August last month, its correlation is still pretty relatively weak at 0.19, um, which is the same with US bonds. Funnily enough, you look at Ethereum, and it's still weak, but their relationship with, or their correlation, I should say, with uh, the S&P 500 is 0.31. So it's a bit higher than Bitcoin, mm. um, which, yeah, stood out for me. But um, 
yeah, as I said, still quite low. Yeah, there you go. Bitcoin and ETH is obviously pretty pretty tightly pretty correlated. Yeah, that move pretty similar. Yeah. So no, yeah, I guess the the output from this is just that there's no real correlations between Bitcoin and any macroeconomic factors. Nah, it's own league. Yep. And we go down to the next one. The headline is crypto volatility displays decreasing peaks over the last three years. And it looks at, um, yeah, a chart from January 21 to September 23. And we can see that the volatility is gradually decreasing over time. So despite Bitcoin still being obviously a very volatile volatile asset, we can see this volatility decreasing. Um, and we'll have a chat about this off air before. And obviously that trading volume has gone down since we have been in a bear market, which would obviously be one of the main reasons why the volatility is decreasing. And yep. some of the larger sure. um, addresses in Bitcoin and ETH have tend to go a bit silent or tend to dormant. go to sleep. Yeah, dormant's probably yep. the, the better word um, during bear markets. So that's obviously helped reduce the volatility there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bang on. That sort of goes into the the next chart, which is kind of all tied in with what Anthony's just talking about. So, you know, we can see that the average daily spot and futures volume for crypto majors um, has dramatically decreased and it has been on a, a slow decline pretty much if you put, were to pair this chart this next one up against the volatility charts you can you can see because that volume for futures and spot trading has come down um, on the slow increase it has reduced in in turn the uh, amount of volatility in the market so you can sort of see how that all lines up um, but yeah that's been continuing on its on its way down over the last sort of like yeah Two and a half years, really? Mm. Three years, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. And then the last one we'll, we'll talk about and we'll, we'll wrap it up, but it's just around, you know, this is a this hot, hot topic in the uh, crypto space at the moment, the spot Bitcoin ETFs, <laughs> right? So this- What are talking about? Oh, I know, I know. We're going to be talking about it for a while too, I reckon. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is definitely the biggest focus in the institutional crypto community. Um, you know, what, what we're seeing here is, you know, there's been a, definitely an increase in probability of these actually getting approved. So we can see um, it, it came down to, you know, a 50-50 sort of chance that um, it was kind of of this going through. Um, and now we're sort of sitting at a at an 80% chance. So you can see the, the probability and the confidence around this being going through is definitely on the rise. Um I saw Bloomberg analysts the other day uh, or a couple of them actually that came out saying that there was a 75% chance of it going through this year and a 95% chance of going through next year. Doesn't wow. happen. So it's, it sounds like it's, it's, you know, it's a matter of not if, but when, yep. um, you know, it's obviously, obviously a chance that nothing happens, but there's a very good chance that it's just a timing. I'm not a should. betting man, but I'd be, Put my money on the <laughs> degenerate gambling. Lost mate. a lot of money. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic news! And I think um, if it does go through this year, it probably still means it still takes a bit of time to get set up and the, I guess the infrastructure behind it. Correct. Yeah, I yeah. Think it means it's going to be turned on. You'll be able to buy it today or buy it this year. It might take. Uh, once a few it gets months. approved, it won't, won't be far. Yeah, they'll okay. be. Able to, yeah, they'll be pretty. Into, they'll be setting everything up at the back end already. So they probably know the answer already. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it's funny. It all just lines up really well with the halving events. That's what I was, gonna, that's yeah, what I was getting yeah. at. It's almost like it was orchestrated. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Our next episode of Stocks and Blocks, we yeah. look to talk about conspiracy yeah. theories. Yeah. 
Every episode, actually. <laughs> yeah. But, but oh, you're right. Like no. that, that it could just be something that just kickstarts. Well, you've got that. You've got the Bitcoin halving. Those are two very important milestones of Bitcoin that could really kickstart a bull run. Yep, there are definitely a couple of the, the big white swan events that we're looking for. So I think that's uh, us for tonight on this uh, market outlook. But make sure you download it and give it a bit of a run through yourself if you want to be able to see the visuals for what we've been talking about. Uh, but yeah, Anth, thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks, Zach. And lastly, um, please leave us a, a review if you're enjoying all the content we're putting on this podcast. It's greatly appreciated. And feel free to share it to your, your friends and family and everyone else. Thanks, guys. Love chatting with you. See ya. Cheers.